You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We have a great story to share with you. International. I think it's international. It's it's I'm, cornfields and international. Cornfields and international. Yes. i got to work on my geography skills. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska's <laughs> in cornfields. Ah. <laughs> but we're going out. Well, I was going to say we're going outside the States, but technically... We're going. We're staying in U.S. territory. I think. Uh-huh. Oh, see, that's where I was so going with that. So many spoilers. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin, at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We have a great international story with you or for you today. Our friends from the LCMS Office of International Mission, Aaron Alter, director of short-term missions, with us in studio. Good morning, Aaron. Hello. And you brought along some friends who recently served with LCMS as volunteers, and we're going to share their story today. Joining us today, Haley Steinbauer. She's a senior at Concordia University, Nebraska. Haley, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Hi, guys. <laughs> and joining us today, Julie Johnston Herman, Director of Global Opportunities at Concordia University, Nebraska, also a volunteer with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Julie, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here. So, Haley. Tell us a little bit about life as a, you're a senior at Concordia University, Nebraska. What's life like as a senior and maybe seeing the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, correct. I'm so close, a couple of weeks out. So it's kind of exciting, but it's kind of bittersweet a little bit because Concordia Seward's a great place. It's kind of not necessarily the most, you know, exciting place to be because we are just surrounded by corn, but there's wonderful people. And I've loved, you know, my business department that I'm a part of, but at the same time, I'm excited to see where God leads me after school. So, yeah. Yes. So tell us about volunteering internationally. How did you learn about uh, uh, the opportunity to volunteer internationally? Yeah, I actually met with Julie over the summer and I was just like, Julie, I want to go somewhere. I haven't been anywhere all four years of school and I'm almost done. And I think obviously COVID threw that off because she had a couple trips lined up and that just got canceled. And so I probably would have gone on one of those if COVID had not hit. But thankfully, COVID kind of has eased up on us a little bit. And so Julie was like, I'm thinking of going to Puerto Rico. It'll probably be more lax in terms of COVID because it is a U.S. territory. And so I was like, Julie, I'm completely in. I'll find people. We'll figure out (laughs) how to get there. And so that's kind of how I heard about it. It was lovely, lovely Julie here. So what did you know about Puerto Rico before this trip? And and what were, did did you know anything about the, the ways in which you would be serving or what the needs would be? Did you know anything about that when you first started talking about this trip? Yeah, we, Julie did a really good job of getting our group together a couple months before we headed out there. And so we did a lot of learning on the culture and just their past history. I started listening to a podcast called La, Bre- called La Brega, which is, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but It's a really great podcast just featuring kind of Puerto Rican history and what they've gone through over the past 100 years. And so that was really helpful to get into the mindset of we're going into a different culture, even though it's a U.S. territory, it's going to be very different. So how can we enter in there with humility and just better understanding? And so going into there, we we knew that the hurricane had hit them in 2017 and that they had an earthquake in 2019. And so a lot of different changes economically for them, too, with a bankruptcy that they had in their history and are still kind of battling through. So knowing those things, we were like, at least I was expecting for there to be a lot different road systems. I heard that there's terrible potholes in Puerto Rico, so I was kind of looking out for that, too. And just seeing 
seeing the differences between Puerto Rico and then the states. That was something that we were all we all were kind of excited to to see. So uh, th- this was an exciting opportunity for you. Was there anything else that kind of prompted you to sign up for this trip that really was the inspiration for you to do this trip and, and volunteer? Yeah, I think there's always, it's always great for both ends with short-term missions, the person going and then also the person receiving those short-term missionaries. And my dad, he's a pastor at the University Lutheran Chapel, so the UNL campus here in Nebraska. And so I've gone on a lot of trips with him across the United States to serve different people, but I've never really gone outside of the States. But seeing him having gone, he's gone to different countries, gone to Haiti a couple of times. And just to see how rewarding that is, not only for the college students that go on the trip, but also for the people they serve there. It's always been a big motivation for me to be able to join along in Jesus's mission in the States, but also outside, outside of the States. So you did your homework before trip, like a good student, did your homework beforehand, listened to podcasts, learned about the people, learned about the culture, their history. So tell us about your your, like preparations right before you left and then what it was like traveling there, getting there. I'm sure with the the challenges of COVID, it it, it probably had a, a few issues along the way, but what was it like getting ready like the week before and then actually getting there? Yeah, it was exciting. We were all just so excited because we'd been planning and praying about it for so long. And so, yeah, so we, I, I packed like two hours before we were supposed to leave. <laughs> That's just how I am. And Julie, I think Julie said she started packing like a week and a half in advance. So that just shows the difference in us. We were just really excited to get over there and start to really see the culture firsthand. And so, Julie is just the most organized person on the planet. So we had everything (laughs) laid out, what flights, what time we were leaving. And so we actually left from Seward at 9.30 p.m., drove to the Omaha airport, and then slept, stayed the night in the Omaha airport so we could make our flight or check in around 4 a.m. So we played, (laughs) so that was the time we we played Frisbee in the airport and (laughs) caught a couple Zs, but for the, majority, the majority of us only got two hours of sleep. So it was a long travel day that first day because we flew to St. Louis and then had a layover and then flew then to San Juan, Puerto Rico. And so we got there around 3 p.m., I believe, and it felt like we'd been up for a full day at that point. But it was just so exciting the entire time because we had just been we'd just been waiting for a long time to be able to do this. So so what were, what were your first impressions? What did you see? What did you experience getting into Puerto Rico and and looking forward to the work that you were going to be doing? It was really right off the bat. We went to go get our rental car and we had to wait two and a half hours in a line just to get our set of keys. And then we waited an additional hour because they didn't have a car big enough for us. They finally got a car for us. And then it didn't have enough space for our luggage. So it was like this three and a half hour wait, long wait. And so first of all, we saw that there's a lot of labor shortages in that area. And second of all, we just had to learn how to be patient too. God was testing our patience. So we didn't know if that was a cultural thing where they're just kind of lax about time or whether it was just that sort of day. They just didn't have enough staff. But Right off the bat, we were like, okay, here we go. And so when we initially got there, the other thing that kind of startled us was driving. We drove from San Juan, which is where that airport is, to Mayaguez. It was about like a two and a half hour drive. And as Julie can probably 
announced to this, the roads are a lot different in Puerto Rico than they are in the States. There's zero, there's zero road signs, lots of potholes. People drive 35 miles an hour, people drive 60 miles an hour. And they're, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. And I never had to drive. So maybe Julie can add on to that. But that was just interesting to see the differences there. But then the other thing was just the businesses, a lot of the businesses were run down or vacant. A lot of the lighting along the streets weren't working. So in terms of like infrastructure, it seemed like they definitely were still recovering from some past some past things. But it was beautiful. Let me just say that. It was absolutely gorgeous. All the palm trees coming from like 30 degrees in Nebraska and then walking into that. It was, it was awesome. Julie, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I, I think you're, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's it is interesting. And the, the what we served too, they talked about that a lot. That they had kind of a double whammy, right? They had earthquake issues, but then they also had hurricane issues and COVID issues. I mean, they had all those things that happened just in the last few years, and then most recently too. So they really have a lot to deal with. So tell us more about the the community where you served, what their needs were, and uh, how you got to know the people you were serving with. Yeah, so we started out our first day, we got to go to, so there's two LCMS churches in Puerto Rico, one in Mayaguez and then one in Ponce. And so it was great because the first day we went to church in Mayaguez, and it was just literally like a one minute jaunt down the road from where we were staying. And so we got to go and see their congregation, meet their pastor meet their their other missionaries on their crew and then eat a meal with them afterwards. And so they ingrained us in their culture. It was like we we got to walk alongside them throughout the entire week, but it started out great on Sunday because we got to see them in their element. And then after that, we drove to Ponce and got to see their church in action. And in a way, we got to compare and contrast a little bit the differences between the two because Ponce is in a very different region of Puerto Rico. It's very... It's in the city. It's kind of surrounded by a bunch of buildings and businesses where Mayaguez is kind of more rural. And so Ponce, we got to um, meet the two pastors there and one of the missionaries and then also ate a meal with them in their congregation. And so it was just fascinating to see, first of all, that Spanish is extremely prevalent, obviously, but I just never realized that going into it, just how little English most of the the people that are locals, they speak Spanish and very little English. And so it was difficult at first to really get to know anyone because because of that language barrier. It was super enjoyable still to try to interact with them through some of the, the missionaries there who knew both English and Spanish. Another interesting thing is at both services, it was all spoken in Spanish. So we had to be the ones on the outside trying to figure out what the people were saying. But it was still wonderful to kind of slowly pick up throughout the week. Oh, this means Jesus Christ lived and died for us. It's Spanish. Oh, this means the Holy Spirit saves. And so, like, by the end of the week, I was like, I really want to learn Spanish. This is so cool. But the people there were just so incredibly friendly um, and welcoming. And the missionaries there were so, so, so hospitable. They made meals for us every day. We got to see the culture through their eyes. They took us on excursions. It was just, it was absolutely wonderful. (laughs) We're learning about short-term mission volunteers, Haley Steinbauer, a senior at Concordia University, Nebraska, and Julie Johnston, Herman, Director of Global Opportunities at Concordia University, Nebraska, and Aaron Alter from the LCMS Office of International Mission, learning about serving in these short-term settings. And we have more to get to share with you in just a moment right after this break. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Haley Steinbauer. She's a senior at Concordia University, Nebraska, and Julie Johnston Herman, director of global opportunities at Concordia University, Nebraska, who recently served as volunteers with LCMS, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and Aaron Alter, director of short-term missions for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Now, Haley, before we went to break, you shared with us uh, your experience of, of traveling, getting there, and getting to know the people. What were some of the things you got to work on while you were there? Yeah, the major projects going in, and they told us that this is what they wanted us to do beforehand. So we were kind of mentally we were ready. But the the main project they wanted us to help with was helping paint the church in Ponce. And so a little context, I guess. They built or they bought two properties in Ponce in 2019, and then the earthquake hit, and then COVID hit. And so we were actually their first ever crew, short-term mission crew to come in and serve in that location. And they had had a group from Texas kind of scheduled to come in before us, but they dropped out. And so their project was also to paint. So instead of that group coming in and painting, the missionaries had to then kind of take over and paint for an entire week. And so instead of doing the mission work that they were really hoping to do. And so seeing how they, during the COVID time, had been renovating those two buildings and those two buildings had been vacant vacant for seven years. So they were really run down. So for that COVID time, they they were just renovating for two years straight. And so you could just tell when we first initially walked in that they were just done painting. They were done trying to repair the little the little parts of the building. And it really when we walked in, it, it was a welcoming space, but you could tell that there was still some some work to be done. And so seeing how coming in and being able to do a simple task of painting for them, allow them to do their ministry and build relationships in the long term with the people around them was really awesome. But going in, our task was to paint a mural that faced their parking lot and then also paint another wall on their parking lot that was this terrible green color. And so we did a lot of trim work. We did a lot of cleaning um, of the parking lot so that we could then prime and then paint those two walls. And then from there throughout the week, we kind of just started painting more and more. We were, we got a lot more done than I think they expected us to get done in that amount of time. So we just kept going. So we painted the front of the entrance. Then we started painting some more walls. So by the time we left, we ended up doing, I think, six more walls than they had expected us to do. <laughs> but it was enjoyable. It was awesome. <laughs> the gals are really hard workers. They just went, they were amazed at how hardworking they were. <laughs> yeah. Haley, what, what do you, what did you learn from all of this experience that, that will, you'll be able to take forward into your vocations after, after you graduate in a couple of weeks? I think in general, first thing is that Puerto Rico is just so cool. They have iguanas. They have such kind people and delicious coffee. But mm-hmm. but most of all, you know, God is just moving and really breathing in that place. And not that he wasn't doing that before the missionaries were there. But it's cool to step into their world and really see that the work that they're doing and that they're equipped to do is really starting to change 
the the little area around them. And so I think a cool example is just like when we were there in Ponce, the pastors were kind of talking about how they envision the building in its in its full glory when everything is renovated and how they're really tailoring the building to to meet the needs of the community right outside their door. And so they're going to build a coffee shop on the top floor because there's a college right across the street and they want to attract college students and make them feel welcome. And they're going to build a um, little workout area for older individuals because it's there's a really strong old elderly community around the neighborhood and that they're doing English language classes because there's a lot of people in the area that want to learn, lingu- learn English. And so it's just so cool because in a lot of my classes here at Concordia, we've talked a lot about how as Christians, we should meet the needs of the people around us, focus on that, and then form that relationship with them. And that's kind of the process of joining with Jesus on his mission, not being the ones trying to knock it out of the park for Jesus, but letting Jesus be the one that leads that mission. And so being able to see in real time a new church be planted, it really got me excited because I was like, okay, this is a short-term trip. We're helping them in such a small way, but how can we bring this back to wherever we are? For me in Seward and wherever I go after graduation is, I was a short-term missionary there, but in a way we're all career missionaries. We're all disciples. We all can do and see the needs around us and then really spread the gospel by meeting those needs, but forming relationships with people. And so just seeing that in action was really awesome. Just being there, even just for a week and being out of my element, it really made me realize the value, the value that short-term missions has. Julie, how is serving abroad a part of education and formation for students at Concordia University, Nebraska? That's a great question. You know, Concordia's mission really, it, it's kind of funny. It's its what we're all about ever since Concordia was formed. But our mission statement actually talks about equipping people for lives of learning, service, and leadership in the church and world. And so it's great that we could always throw out there, hey, world, let's not forget about world in, in our classes and in our activities. And so it really is, you know, there are some things that are kind of required in a few in a few programs in terms of some service learning experiences, but ultimately it's kind of the the nature of folks that are attracted to be here at Concordia, Nebraska, is folks who want to be a part of student organizations or groups where they want to get out and serve in the world in different ways. How does Concordia connect these students to opportunities to to serve internationally? Okay, so so Haley was talking about coming to see me over the summer, which is one of my favorite things to do is meet with students to help match up their their programs and their passions with experiences abroad like this. And so people like Haley are great because they come in and go, okay, what's possible? And so that's part of my job here as the director of global opportunities. We have a global opportunities center where students can come and find out about all kinds of different opportunities. If they're short term, if they're long term, if there's something for vocational down the road if they want to do it for like a a semester, whatever. So that's part of what I do. I help make connections with students. We also have a mission-minded students group on campus. We have a mission-minded students email. So whenever we find out about opportunities, we try and get the word out through different ways to tell students about these things. We also have some really committed faculty who love to jump in and be part of mission trips as well. And they've led They've taken students along on mission trips. Another thing which's really kind of great is that we have St. John's Lutheran Church right across the street here in Seward, and they have an annual, they for years have been supporting an Alaska mission experience. 
and they always invite Concordia students along. So for the most part, it's it's part Concordia students, part St. John's members. And then there's another church in Lincoln, Holy Savior, that always invites Concordia students along to help them teach English in Poland through those experiences. And so we love partnering with partnering with other churches too and partnering with LCMS. We love to find out about opportunities that students can be a part of. So that's that's what I get to do. It's one of my favorite parts of my job is helping make those connections with students. So making those connections is part of your job. You went along on this trip as well. Tell us about participating in the service opportunities alongside your students. Yeah. So I we I, I got to go on this experience. I went with another faculty member. So Erica Lamb, she's a great traveler. We've done some trips before. And so I, I love the opportunity to, to find locations where we can continue partnerships in the future. So now that I've gone here to Puerto Rico, I would love to go back again. I, I think we're already planning. Erin, I think we're planning to go back next spring break. So do you want to pencil us in? I don't think I've officially told that to you yet. <laughs> Good so, to know. Just, so, just no, no to, knows now. Let's, no let's get that. But it's great to be able to kind of, as Haley said too, it, you know, to be able to be a short-term mission person, but also a career missionary. We're all career missionaries. And so the fact I get to detach myself from sitting at my desk and doing emails and doing all my other tasks and spend time with students and kind of model that with students, but also just be free to express that myself as a as a Christian to be the hands of feet of Christ in those lo- in different locations. All right, Aaron, we're inspired now. What kind of opportunities are there uh, for trips like the one that that we've just heard about? Well. I am also excited, like Haley, that things are finally opening up again and we do have in-person service opportunities. Right now, honestly, most of our summer stuff is filled. What wow. we what we have has, has been filled and we do have an opportunity if individuals are out there that would like to serve. We do have a couple of missionary kid program teams hmm. that go when one of our regions has a retreat for their missionaries, this team puts on a program just for missionary kids so that they can have a fun, refreshing time as well as their parents. So we have two of those, one for Latin America and one for Africa happening this this late summer and early fall. So that would be a possibility. And we are also, honestly, we are we're starting to I'm glad Julie mentioned it for next year. <laughs> we we are actually starting to look at stuff for next year. On typically short-term team opportunities, usually you need a fair bit of advanced planning time to get everyone's schedules coordinated and that sort of thing. So if you're thinking about that for 2023, let's talk now. We we can start getting those on the calendar now if you are interested and want to lock in the time that works best for you. Get get on it early because because <laughs> things do do fill up, especially summer opportunities tend to fill up pretty quickly. So we we do have those. If you are interested to see the types of service that can be that can be done around the world, you can go to servenow.lcms.org. And that'll give you a listing of all the different ways that you could connect with our work internationally. Very good. Thank you so much for all those great details. ServeNow.LCMS.org to learn more about opportunities to serve like Haley and Julie did. Thanks so much for joining us today, friends. Haley Steinbauer, senior at Concordia University, Nebraska, and volunteer with the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. Haley, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much. 
Julie Johnston, Herman Director of Global Opportunities at Concordia University, Nebraska, and volunteer with the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Julie, thanks so much. Thank you. And Aaron, always a pleasure to get to chat with you about these great opportunities to serve. Likewise. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.